Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Geekening Podcast. It is I, Will, um, one of the writers for All Ages of Geek, um, player and voice of Tauros on Dicesh. I do a lot of things for All Ages of Geek. And with me is a special guest. Please introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I'm DPC. I draw and animate. Uh, speaking of uh, drawing and animation, what got you into animation? Um, animation? Let's see. I definitely remember um, growing up as a kid and just watching a bunch of um, animations on like TV and stuff like that. And I remember being given my like DSI as a kid and noticing how it had like stop frame animation as part of its like little like features in the camera like app part. And I remember just being a kid and just animating using my Legos and little stupid things like that. Um, it was definitely thanks to my DS that I got into it. Yeah. You just saying that like just throws me back to because I remember seeing the commercials for the DSi and it was such a big thing that it had a camera. Dude, honestly. <laughs> like, what was it? I used to like not only with like Legos, I used to do it with like my old Bobby dolls and then uh, um, I figured out, oh, what if I just drew my own frames using my goddamn like handheld whiteboard that I had? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I can't believe it was a DSi. And just talking about it, it's just like, ah, yes, a system that is no longer made and discontinued that people now see as retro. I mean, listen, you know, uh, KK Flipnote, um, he's like the dude that like animates the bouncing pigeons using um, Flipnote and he's really big and he always does like all his animations on like his DSi and like his other like DS like consoles. It's really cool. Yeah. So um, what got you into drawing? Uh, drawing? I don't know exactly what got me into drawing because I just remember drawing ever since I had like object permanence. Um, I just remember being, being given a notebook when I was like three or something and then just like only drawing in it and um, like looking at like TV shows and just drawing what I saw. Like, I don't actually remember what got me into it. I just remember that I always drew and that's it. <laughs> So, uh, what TV shows did you watch as a kid? Um, let's see. I know, I just know really traditional, like, British TV shows. Like, there was, like, Dennis the Menace. That was, like, an animated TV show uh, on my kids' program. Also, like, Scooby-Doo. I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo as a kid. Ah, uh, same, same. I loved Scooby-Doo. God. as a kid and even now if it's on tv i'm like yeah i can spend a few minutes watching going down memory lane exactly i had like the biggest crush on like velma you know it's funny that you mentioned that because same <laughs> taste listen taste. 
game recognizes game. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, do you still watch any cartoons or? Um, not as much as I used to, but I still do like watch cartoons every now and then. Um, but, like my most my favorite cartoons is still like I do still rewatch episodes of like The Amazing World of Gumball since that is one of my favorite like kids cartoons. Um. <sighs> anime in general is really cool in terms of like I like the process of watching the behind the scenes of anime over the actual anime themselves because it's really interesting like seeing like everything um I remember seeing a lot of anime as a kid I forgot which anime that I watched but I definitely know that's what got me into like animating digitally on my phone um I don't know. I I wish I remember what I watched as a kid, though. I can only remember, like, Scooby-Doo and that shit. Uh, maybe uh, Pokemon? <laughs> I, did I watch Pokemon? I, I'm pretty sure I did, I think. Damn. Sorry, my memory's, like, really cloudy about, like, my childhood and stuff like that. Hmm. But uh, that's fine. Uh, when it comes to me personally for uh, modern cartoons that I enjoy to watch, Gravity Falls. Oh, that's Gravity Falls. It's amazing. Oh, God. Um, Gra- Gravity Falls, definitely. I forgot what... Gravity Falls is, like, old. I forgot how old it was, but I remember, like, looking it up, like, a while ago. I'm thinking, man, that was a while ago. Uh, let me look it up. Like, <laughs> dead ass, dude. Because you just shit being like, oh, yeah, it's old. Th- that, like, hit me in the gut because I remember when it premiered. When did it premiere? 2012. Oh, my God. <laughs> Almost 10 years. Oh, that's gross. That is childhood years. That's, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're on the same page. Of, oh, no, no. Uh, Jesus. But did you ever watch the Gravity Falls finale? Oh, absolutely. I was Yo, absolutely enthralled by it. I Honestly. <laughs> it was so cool. I don't know how the hell, like, they got away with um some of, like, the visuals and, like, the jokes in the, like, final episodes. Oh, oh yeah, because Bill Cipher in the real world is terrifying. Like, dude, that one scene where like Bill Cipher like swaps the eyes and ears of like, oh, nose and yeah. mouth. Like, like how did they get away with that for a kids show? <laughs> because it technically wasn't violent. It wasn't gory. They just skirted around the censors more or less. They, it was this thing was just like, yeah, that in every other sense. <laughs> Yeah, Gravity Falls was terrifying, but we loved it. Absolutely. Uh, okay, favorite Gravity Falls character? I had the biggest crush on Wendy, all right? I am predictable. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because, again, same. Listen, listen. <laughs> we, we know our hot characters. Yeah, we do, we do. We, we both enjoy the spunky redheads. <laughs> So true. 
she was just so cool yeah she was she was the epitope of coolness like she's all you could want she wears like flannel and she throws axes yeah but (laughs) the, the scene that always gets me in gravity falls unlike most people most people that i've talked about the finale is they cried when waddles wasn't allowed on the bus at first Mm. and don't get me wrong that is emotional because we've grown to love waddles just as the pines family did but for me uh in the finale what made me cry it still makes me cry to this day is when Stan says, guess I was good for something after all. Oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Like, when it comes to, like, shows in general, I, t- I don't really get attached to, like, I don't know how to describe the trope, but, like, you know how, in, like, a lot of shows is always, like, the mascot animal that, like, everyone loves. Yeah. And stuff like that. I, I tend to not really get as attached to them. But, like but like stan my god him yeah god i definitely remember crying at that scene yeah i know i did uh but from what i hear i hear the gravity falls uh comics are good they have comics uh yeah they have uh i believe alex hirsch a while ago put out a graphic novel of like three stories all in one book. Oh, damn. Yeah, and they also um, made public the Journal 3. Oh, I want that. <laughs> yeah, it honestly, it is a very good read. I've read it myself. Actually, from where I'm sitting right now, I can see the journal because it's one of my favorite books. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah, and, like, there's a reason to why you get the book because um you know how um in the finale spoilers for the gravity falls finale by the way people mm-hmm. sorry um how bill burned the journals mm-hmm. well after weird mageddon was stopped the journals actually came back because bill used some of his power to destroy the books yeah and they would just randomly found in the forest in Oregon and so the rangers basically just auctioned them off and you just happened to pick it up either a at the auction or b it was uh, at a garage sale mm. so through some complicated means um it goes into your possession and like you get to read Stanford's original notes in the journal and like his conversations with uh, Bill talking about how he is learning a lot from Bill, how he can trust Bill. And <laughs> it, yeah, it, and it's kind of heartbreaking because you know what happens. Mm. But one thing that just kind of does warm my heart about that journal is in the back, there's on the very last page, it basically says like, hey, we don't need this journal anymore. 
uh, we expected that Bill most likely destroyed it. However, if you have read everything in this book and you now own this book, consider yourself part of the Pines family. Aww. I know. It's just like, That's oh, so cute. Yeah, it is. And like the book has like hidden codes in it. Oh, and I believe um, there was either, I think there's a few versions sold at uh, Comic-Con. I forget what year though, where the book actually had some black light ink in it. That is so cool. I know, but the retail one uh, doesn't have the black ink, but it does, uh, the black light ink, but it does have hidden codes still. Mm. You have any idea what the black light ink would like have? Huh? Do you have any idea what like the black light ink had? Uh, yes. Uh, from what I have heard, it was um secrets that Stan wrote in the book after he realized Bill was evil and he tried to hide it from him. Ooh. That's why he used the invisible ink. Oh, that's cool. Ah, I'm just, uh, you know, like the intro of Gravity Falls? Yes, it is beautiful. That, uh, that, what, Jane, was it James Baxter was the one that, like, animated the really, like, 60 FPS looking ass, like, parts of, like, the intro, which I found, like, so cool. Did you ever see, like, um, the, uh, what was it? Because the way, uh, James Baxter specifically animates, he animates on paper, so there's, like, actual, like, paper flipped like animations of like I, the, uh, intro parts I have not seen those no dude they're so cool but I have seen the pilot animation and it is so much different from the one we have now because Stan looks so different okay. so does uh Mabel and Dipper what did they look like hold on because I don't, I don't remember what the pilot looked like. I remember like yeah. looking at it. Yeah, uh, I think you need to look up like Gravity Falls beta designs. Let's see. Oh yeah, they did look different. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um. One thing that I enjoyed personally. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember when they make the Shackatron and it is the rock and roll intro of the Gravity Falls theme? Oh, yeah. Do you know what that song's officially called? No clue. What is it called? Take Back the Falls. Oh, damn. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Uh, but honestly, I am a sucker for that trope of like where all the side characters from the journey unite together to defeat this one evil cause. Mm. I, I love that. I'm a sucker for that. It's always such a good trope, especially with like a show where a lot of people were really invested into the side characters and like the show is really good at world building. So like you understood the side characters too. So to yeah. like see everything come together, it's like that investment like really paid off and it's really cool. It is, but 
My favorite running joke in Gravity Falls is that everybody's strange except for the guy named Tad Strange. He just likes bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. It's such a good joke. It is. God. 2012. Yeah, 2012. Um, actually, if you want to feel even older, let me look something up. Oh, disgusting. I don't like this already. Yeah, the amazing world of gumball. What year oh, no. did that debut? Don't do, don't, don't do this to me. I'm good. You did this to me with Gravity Falls. I'm going to do this to you. Oh, oh it's up. even older. Oh, no. 2011. It's 10 years old. You're telling me I was like 10 when I saw that? Yeah. That's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on, man. I'm, I'm, I make, I already make like enough jokes about like being crusty and old to like all my friends who are like slightly younger than me. I don't yeah, need same. this right now. Yeah, you get used to it. <laughs> uh, but um, now since we're on the subject of age, apparently, uh, <laughs> see what I meant by ba- bouncing ideas off back and forth. Uh, but the time where I really felt my age catch up to me is when I saw my very first gaming console in a retro video game store. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, but, but I played that. I'm not old. God. Yeah. What was it? Like, you played the GameCube as a kid, right? Uh, no, no, I my cousins did. I played the Game Boy Advanced SP. Exquisite. Uh, yeah, it was. And my very first Pokemon game was Pokemon Emerald. Though I never beat it. Huh. Though the very first Pokemon game I did beat was Diamond, which now feels weird since they're, you know going to be releasing the remakes and i'm just like oh <laughs> oh my god you got to relive that experience yeah i get to relive that experience from when all the way back in 2006 uh, that old 2006 um i think it was 2006 diamond and pearl came out let me check you're kidding me <laughs> Uh, it depends. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. There we go. Um, um, yeah, 2006. That's gross. That's worse. What the hell? Yeah, let's see. I can feel the arthritis coming to me. (laughs) Yeah, I feel it in my knees already. Now, let me just do a little bippity boppity boo. And we have, do, do, do. Uh, yeah, it has been 15 years since Diamond and Pearl. That's gross. <laughs> That's so awful. Yeah, for video games, it is old. Ugh. And like the video game of, uh, I believe, Skyrim is like. Uh, like 10, 11 years old now. Man. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's nice that some of these uh, youngins will get to experience Diamond and Pearl, you know, for mm. the very first time. 
though I kind of laugh at those kids because they'll also have to deal with Cynthia for the first time. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But I seen this one YouTube comment on um, the Diamond Pearl trailers, and it said, no, the best part is not the new kids experiencing Cynthia. The best thing is the new kids experiencing the pain of catching a male combi. <laughs> Because male combies don't evolve into Vespa Queen, only female combies. You know, the hearts out to all those kids braver than any U.S. Marine. Oh, I just thought about something that'd be painful. Oh? Imagine if someone was shiny hunting combi to get, hoping to get a female. Oh, that'd hurt. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's Uh... a shiny, but it's a male. Feel sorry for the poor loser who has to go through that. <laughs> uh, joking, joking. I'm, I'm not going to uh, do that with my Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> Though I am going to do something with my Pokemon Diamond and Pearl that I have never done before. Oh. I'm going to attempt a Nuzlocke. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, dude, you definitely got that in the bag. <laughs> I, I hope. Though, um, I do have a story about Diamond and Pearl if you want to hear it. Of course, of course. Okay, so um, I, I had my awesome team. I thought I was golden going into Cynthia. Oh, no. That was stage one of my hubris. <laughs> like, I was feeling so confident because I had Dialga on my team. Mm-hmm. And w- was the Alga doing good? Yes. Did I spam Roar of Time? Also, yes, because I was a kid. <laughs> and I didn't think about turn limits or attack limits. So eventually, Cin- I knock out some of Cynthia's Pokemon. She knocks out some of mine. We are down to our last two Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for me, Cynthia brought out her Garchomp. Oh, God. Yep, and I'm like, and this Garchomp, it is at like half health at this point. I willed it down with the one before my last one, and I thought they'd get the job done, they didn't. So I send out my final Pokemon. Uh-huh. Which was a level 21 Lopunny. I'm so sorry, King. And I'm like, it's done. It's over. I'm going to lose. And so I was just like, you know what? Heck with it. High jump kick. It hit. Uh, high jump kick. What the heck? If I go down, I might as well go down swinging. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cynthia's, I believe Cynthia's um, God Trump is going to use Dragon Claw. And <laughs> we all know how powerful Cynthia's Garchomp is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was ready for it to, you know, rest in peace, little bunny. You fought the good fight, but it wasn't enough. Cynthia's Garchomp missed. Oh. Then the high jump kick hit, and it brought Cynthia's Garchomp to the red. Huh? And, I'm like, and I'm like, okay, that's... That's good. That's good. 
but that was my last high jump kick. I only have quick attack left. And like, you know what? Heck with it, quick attack. Here's the thing. I didn't know that quick attack goes first all the time. Oh my God. So, but keep in mind, it is a level 21. It's just quick attack. It's not mm-hmm, gonna do mm-hmm. much. Lopani hits the quick attack. It's a critical hit. It knocks out the Garchomp. Oh, exquisite, dude. Oh, that's immaculate content right there. Yeah, like I went wild because that was my very first champion I ever beat. (sighs) And it was Cynthia. (laughs) Listen, dude, it worked. Yeah, it did work. And like ever since then, if I can get a low punny, I do. Because it carried me all the way back in 2006 and it will carry me again. We gotta love traditions and upholding them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, speaking of traditions, that reminds me of the story of someone who brought their uh, mudkip from the very first, uh, from, I believe it was Ruby. And they mm-hmm. took it all the way to Omega Ruby through transferring. Aww. And at this point, it was a Swampert, and its name was Muffinator. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was just like, hey, why is it called Muffinator? And the person went, let me tell you why. Because when I started out playing, my Mudkip, I nicknamed Muffin. But then when he became a Swampert... Muffin didn't fit anymore. So I just added Inader at the end. Muffinator. <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite Pokemon? See, um, that's really funny because my favorite Pokemon is Mudkip. Hey, Mudkip, Mudkip's a good choice. Uh, Starter-wise, Mudkip is one of my favorites. It's not the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to choose a favorite starter, I'd have to go Piplup. That was my boy when I first started out with oh, Diamond. So cute. Yeah, and then he turned into Empoleon, which was cool. Oh, absolutely. Um, but my favorite Pokemon of all time is Cofagrigus. Here's the thing about me. Um, my favorite Pokemon type is Ghost. I love Ghost types. They're funky. Yeah, they are funky, like all of them are, and uh, it's sending that Scofagrigus. Oh, crap, that's cool! Yeah, it is. Um, but another thing, you know, it is uh, close to Halloween. Sorry, bless you, bless you. Uh, it is October, so mine. What would you say is like your favorite horror film? Favorite horror film? Hmm. God, I'm trying. I appreciate God. I like my brain for just immediately forgetting every single goddamn horror film I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> um. God. Or, or just Halloween-related film. Doesn't have to be horror. Like I don't consider like uh, for example, Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't think that's horror. 
Oh, jokes on you. When I was a kid, I was absolutely afraid of Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Paralyzed in fear. Was it the Oogie Boogie Man that scared you? Like, come on, man. Imagine, like, being a tiny-ass little kid and just seeing the, like, the, the Oogie. God, dude, I remember just, like, not wanting to be in the room when I saw him. Hey, in all fairness, he is just a burlap sack filled with bugs. Ugh, yeah, it is. Oof. God, I genuinely can't remember any horror movie right now. Yeah, hey, that's fine. The only reason I brought it up was because some Pokemon are just scary. It would be perfect in a horror film. Oh, wow. Uh, like uh, Drifloon. Remember that nice little balloon Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it kidnaps children. Dead ass. 100%. Like, if a child grabs it, thinking it's a balloon, it will wrap its little arms around the child and float them away. We don't know where. It just takes them. My God. And, um, like, that cute Pokemon, Spoink. You remember Spoink, the pig mm-hmm. that bounces, has a pearl on its head. Uh, yeah, if it stops jumping, it will die. God, doomed Jump. to a life of eternal bouncing. That's horrible. Yeah, because that's what keeps its heart beating. Oh my god! Ooh. So if you uh, faint a uh, if you faint a spoink, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, kind of killed it. God, imagine having to like permanently walk for the rest of your life. When, like, and if you like stop for even like a second, you'd like die. Um, actually, that's the life sharks have. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah sharks have to keep swimming. <laughs> Feel sorry for those idiots. <laughs> but like, um, I be- like there's a lot of Pokemon that kidnap children. Like Hypno does too. Like. It has been recorded of hypnos hypnotizing children and just taking them somewhere never to be seen again. Ugh. And um, scary thing about Drifflim, Drifflim can pop. That doesn't sound like like a really ideal moment for like the kid. I'm just saying like maybe not an ideal moment because you know. Yeah, like... and, and if a Drifflim pops you can hear the sound of souls screaming oh that's even worse okay i didn't know that (laughs) i was just i was just thinking yeah the kid falling to their death like you know not not the most ideal but like imagine just hearing that and then falling to your death yeah exactly and phantom um legend has it that phantom is the soul of a child that got lost in the forest and died there huh (laughs) Yeah, um, Cubone wears the skull of its dead mother. God, I knew about that part. I've seen a lot of illustrations where, like, they just draw that out, and it's like, oh, all right, why'd you do uh, that to me? Um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, because you're like, oh, poor Cubone. Well, I went into another direction. Um, oh. I won't lie, um, the very first Cubone I caught, and I learned that fact about its mother's skull, I, um, I named it Batman. God. <laughs> yeah. Very so, fitting. Incredible. And then I caught another one and I named it Bruce Wayne. 
Oh, no, no, it wasn't Bruce Wayne. It was just Bruce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, God. But yeah, like in Pokemon, there's like a lot of ways to die from Pokemon. <laughs> And oh my god. I believe it's the Gen 1 games. It talks about how Raichu's electric powers are so powerful they can kill an African elephant. Hmm. But that's not the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing is they say specifically an African elephant because there's no real world animals in Pokemon. <laughs> I can't believe it. African American African elephants are just like canon in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, they are the canon, but only the African elephant. The Indian <laughs> elephant isn't. No other animal really is the canon because in Pokemon they have confirmed that people do eat Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Like Slowpoke tail is a delicacy. <laughs> But so funny to me. It, it, it is funny because the Slowpoke's tail just grows back and it doesn't care. Imagine just like having like a Slowpoke and, you know, just eating its tail right in front of it. To be fair, Slowpoke, um, I don't think he would know because uh, as I like to put it, he is a few pancakes short of a short stack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, there is no brain in between those ears, or if there is, <laughs> it is a hamster on the on a wheel, and the hamster is severely lethargic. <laughs> oh, fellow man. So, one thing I do love is how much the Poke, how Pokemon the company and the Pokédex will tell you how useless Magikarp is. <laughs> He's just a funky little fish. He's just doing little silly little tests. Leave him alone. Right. Um, you know how Pikachu is called the electric mouse Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Magikarp, in some cases, is called the pity Pokemon. <laughs> That's so mean. And they mentioned, like, the only good thing Magikarp can do is it has been recorded in legend that a Magikarp can hop over a mountain, but that's it. You can't just say that and then, like, tack on it, but that's it at the end of it, man. Um, you can because um, there was this mobile game. I don't know if it's canon. I hope it is. <laughs> because it may... This po no joke, there is a Pokemon mobile game where your only Pokemon is Magikarp, and you compete in jump competitions with it. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. That's incredible. And um, your your Magikarps can um, retire several ways. One of them is they get too old. Another one is they evolve into a Gyarados, which normally in a Pokemon game, you're like, yeah, Gyarados. But in this game, you're like, oh, shoot, a Gyarados. That means you can't participate in jump contests because mm -hmm. that's not allowed. Or I kid you not, your Magikarp can jump up in the air and then get taken away by a Pidgeotto. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and he's dead. Okay, get a new Magikarp, kids. 
he just like play like jumps into the sky and he's just gone <laughs> he's just gone yeah uh, goodness like and um you know yamask mm-hmm. on that evolves into cofagrigus mm-hmm you know how it holds that little human face mask? Yeah. It can never look at the mask. Do you know why? Absolutely not. Because that mask is what he looked like in life because he used to be a human. And if at if he looks at it, he'll start crying and wailing, remembering the life he lost. Aww. <laughs> God, Pop Pokemon must hate mirrors. Uh, yeah. And there's like this other weird entry. You know the evolutionary line of Abra, Kadabra, Alakazam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That apparently Kadabra used to be a kid that just got turned into a Pokemon. What is what is up with Pokemon and doing these things to these poor kids? <laughs> because it tells you. Well, Pokemon, one, the wild animals. Two, the dangerous, which we get to see, actually, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, where they will actually try to kill you sometimes. Incredible. It is. And I seen this joke, because um, in the Diamond Pro remakes, you can put stickers on your Pokeballs and customize them. Mm-hmm. It said, Grandma boxed Ursa rings so we could put stickers on Pokeballs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, um, what's the latest Pokemon game you've played? Um, let's see. The latest one I played, I definitely, I'm pretty sure I finished, like, Sword and Shield. Uh, what'd you think about it? I heard some people were just divided on it. Mm. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I just remember, I just like kind of played it the way I normally play like every other game where I just like overgrind and then like one shot everyone I come across. <laughs> I will say that the music absolutely slapped. It does. The gym leader theme slaps. The, like, god i know um like the gym leader themes especially because um i live in a family that's like very into football um soccer is Uh, i knew what you meant yeah and um you know traditional uh british like football uh there's a lot of comedic like awful like chants that communities like come up with and stuff like that um some like legendary ones where um, there's like these chants where essentially it's just a bunch of people mocking the manager of the other team. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Like I do suggest looking it up because they, they get really ridiculous. But like having like the chants be incorporated into like the Pokemon themes and every time that part came up when I was fighting, I couldn't help but like smile because it was just like so cool to me. Yeah, and I've never attended a big um, football game like that before myself. Uh, mm. But just with every, I get caught up in the hype because I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, though, I will say uh, I played a Pokemon Shield. And, you know, I thought it was a good Pokemon game. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, personally. Mm. Um, what would you say is your favorite Pokemon game? Um, I didn't play as many Pokemon games as, like, other people. But I will say that um, Pokemon Ruby definitely just, like, holds a special place in my heart. Because I just played that, like, all the goddamn time on my Game Boy. <laughs> um, so you can see what like my my love of Mudkip comes from. Oh yeah, yeah, and plus Mudkip is based off of the Axolotl. They're just cute. They're funky. And they they are funky. Like like there is limitless knowledge in that brain, but there is no brain. <laughs> like they know something, but their mind is a void. Dude, dude, I relate to that. Like, this is why I like Mudkip, which is both idiots. <laughs> Granted, I wish I had the absolute, like, god tier, like, Doofenshmirtz power of naming him Muffinator. Yeah. You know? That would have been, like, a, a that would have been a power move if I did that. Uh, yeah, well, like, like, recently I've started um, nicknaming my Pokemon because as a kid, I never did that. I thought it was dumb and like, oh, but how will I know what the Pokemon is? Growing up, then I realized, oh, wait, no, I became a nerd and I know what they are now. Um, what kind of nicknames do you give your Pokemon, huh? Um, oh, okay. This is going to sound really nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told you about Batman and Bruce, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um I named um, the Tauros um, after um, one of my favorite D&D characters I've made. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I named him after the D&D character was because the D&D character was a minotaur. I was like, oh, minotaur, boom. And ironically... (laughs) The D&D character's name is Tauros, which I based off of the Pokemon. <laughs> the <laughs> name, at least. So it more or less came full circle. And you can actually listen. Hey, this is actually a pretty good segue. Um, um, you can actually listen to um, some of Tauros's adventures on allagesofgeek.com with the Dice Sesh podcast. Do you have a D&D podcast? Uh, yeah, we do. All Ages of Geek oh, podcast. hell yeah. And um, I play Tauros, the Minotaur Cleric. Mm. Though oh, that's will, nice. Uh, well, it would be nice, but his intelligence is, um, he, he's pretty dumb. As he should be. Yeah, he has an intelligence of five. Incredible. PhD of, right there. <laughs> out of 20. It's a PhD five. right there. Uh, no, it's funny that you mentioned that because he passed medical school. <laughs> Absolute like king, like king behavior, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, more like we have agreed he is the party's himbo. He has a good heart, but like heart of gold, but dumb of ass. <laughs> <sighs> As uh, that's some real king behavior. Please <laughs> listen. 
in his design are like his tits out or what um no no he wears a chainmail armor god damn it but he does have a tiny pair of glasses oh my god <laughs> like he had like in the beginning like when it came to attacks i rolled poorly like i barely hit anything so the joke was one of his lenses is cracked <laughs> but i believe that what we agreed on was like he has like this Ben Franklin pair of glasses, like very tiny on the bridge of his nose that helps him see and read. God, poor guy's gotta cross his eyes like so goddamn hard. Uh, no, since the custom made. Ah. Uh. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, 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 he dumb. He, he's stupid. He's um, doing his best. But. Keep in mind, Intelligence of Five, he can read, though he can't do basic math. Same, honestly. At least he can <laughs> read, you know? Yeah, yeah he can read. Um, I can't do that. Now, there is something funny. Oh. Involving Toros. And that is occasionally, sometimes, at the most random times, like, if I want to know something about a place, you know, I'm like, hey, can I do a history check on this? DM says, sure. Mm-hmm, Not mm-hmm. very often, but when it happens, it does happen. Toro seems to roll odd natural 20s on some <laughs> history checks. Yo, his brain. His brain is so large. Uh, no, this is how me and my friends described it. His brain is the DVD screen. And whenever <laughs> he gets an idea is when it hits the corner. Dude. Are you sure, like, me and this dude ain't, like, the same person? Like, listen, that's how, like, every good idea, like, comes around, you know? <laughs> but if you want to list, like, of course, um, do you want to hear more about the party? Oh, of course. Um, okay, so we have Tauros, the Minotaur Cleric I've told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, Jude, who is an anvil rot wizard. And mm-hmm. um, the setting of the campaign is the magic gather, magic the gathering world of Theros. And mm. Are you familiar with Theros? Kind of. Uh, Theros is basically their take on Greek mythology, so it's mm. ancient Greece based. And um, being an anvilrot means that Jude is more or less a robot made by the god of the forge mm-hmm. uh Perforos. then we have two bards who are both satyrs one of them is takis which um when he flirts um we have discovered that um takis is pansexual uh, <laughs> as every good bard should be and then we had the other bard, we have Spyro, who is a Nyxborn, so more or less he's made out of the night sky. Mm-hmm. So if light shines on him, he becomes rainbow. <laughs> and, yeah. he has a, and he has a wife and kid. <laughs> uh, though the kid he never met because he went adventuring when his wife was pregnant. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that that gets brought up like a couple times by Tauros. Uh, 
Then we have Aslan, who is the Leonin paladin, mm -hmm. who uh, was chosen by the god of the sun, Helioid. But Aslan doesn't like Helioid. So that led to some, that still leads to some shenanigans to this day. Mm -hmm. And uh, Leonin is basically a humanoid lion. <laughs> um, then the last member, saving the best for last, the team's leader, Ava, who is a human rogue. Hmm. And um, we, we as uh, friends, we call Ava the one brain cell of the party. Ah, incredible. And though we call Tauros the second brain cell. Because uh, sometimes she needs help wrangling some things. And well, there's Tauros with his um, currently 18 strength. A good duo. Yeah, she's she's the brains, he's the brawn. Though they I know what you 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 might be thinking about shipping them. They see each other as brother and sister. Oh, that's cute. Because um Tauros in one of the episodes gave himself the unofficial title of Ava's advisor. <laughs> And it was just like, sure, heck with it. You're my advisor now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's on the All Ages of Geek uh, website or wherever you find your podcasts. Like, I believe it's even on Spotify. Just look up Dice Sesh. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, there's some uh, wacky adventures. Um, Toros, in one episode, may or may not have accidentally gotten high. But yeah, that that was funny. That was something. Uh, so, um, like... <laughs> what'd you say? I was gonna say, I wonder what it's like for like a, a big ass like guy like him <laughs> to get high. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, a snake that wasn't there started talking to him, <laughs> and he I talked back. Believe. Adam and Eve moment right there. Uh, no, no, because the snake just looked at him and was like, what's up? <laughs> and he was just like, friend. <laughs> and then by some dream interpreters, they called him the great horned one. The great horned one? <laughs> yes, which is a nickname he actually tried to make stick after the trip ended. And it never did. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, it was a few... It would have fueled his ego, which actually wouldn't be a bad thing because he has self-confidence issues. Aww. Yeah. And uh, in one episode, I believe um, on Spotify, is actually episode four. Um, mm -hmm. You get to meet Taurus's parents. <laughs> How did that go? Um, comedically. As it should. Um, yeah, because, um, well, let's just say uh, at one time uh, when they had to go into um, Tauros's um, home polis, which is more or less like a city state, mm -hmm. 
basically, he lived in magical Athens. So, and then he found out, like, hey, some of the party, yeah, they got banned from this place. So he, so one of the satyrs put on a disguise and said, pretend I'm your wife. And Taurus did. Taurus went with it until the god started pressing him. Oh, no. Then the god just looks at Taurus and goes, so what's your wife's name? (laughs) And Taurus panicked, which meant I panicked. Mm -hmm. And keep this in mind, it is a Greek setting, okay? Mm -hmm. I say the first name that came to my mind, Brunhilda. (laughs) My favorite Greek name. (laughs) Yeah, like that is a joke with us, like to this day, because everyone bursts out laughing, and you can hear the DM laughing, like, and (laughs) him laughing is getting the words through, that's not even Greek. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's nordic listen like, it's, all, it's all greek to him don't worry about it yeah i should have said that i was just like hey i panicked that meant taurus panic but uh <laughs> yeah like there's um some moments in the campaign of course that are more serious than the others there mm-hmm. are some tear-jerking moments but brunhilda is not one of them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because, again, Toros, he's stupid. He makes some mistakes. But he has a good heart, and he's actually now become, currently he's like an advisor to the whole group, not just Ava. Ah, what a nice role to have. Yeah, so he wants to become friends with everyone, though there's one person he's having trouble becoming being friends with because... On accident, they bump, they butt heads. Mm. But yeah, if you if you ever want to give it a listen, you know, I told you where you can find it. Hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. Uh, so, have you played D and D? Valley. I find it really interesting. I've always wanted to play D and D, but um, I just got like really anxious around being um around a lot of people. Aww. And um. I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely something I've always wanted to get into because, like, the character designing process is fun. I've, like, listened to other podcasts and, like, it just seems like a really fun idea. Hopefully in the future I'll be able to play D&D. Yeah, I highly suggest that it is great if there's anything that's um, great about it. Is it really works on your improv skills. Improv is very fun. Yeah, it is fun because there are some things where you do have to improv. Some things change. Mm-hmm. You may or may not have to fight some mechanical raptors. Uh, As one does, naturally. <laughs> uh, yeah, with, with Theros. Like, Theros, they have like the people who created Theros wanted you to know one thing and one thing only and that this world is weird because I kid you not 
Um, the distance between two places can either be randomly longer or randomly shorter. And hmm. no one knows why and no one questions it. <laughs> that is definitely strange. Yeah. But then you also have the pantheon of the of the gods, which that's interesting. And they do have ties to the adventuring party we have. Um, especially um, Tauros, since he's more, since he is technically speaking, a uh, priest of Farika. Mm. And Farika is the god of affliction, of <laughs> disease, but also medicine. Okay, yeah, okay, that part makes some sense. Yeah, but hey, things could be worse. He could have been a priest of Mogus, who is just slaughter you know commit a little violence as a priest uh, uh Taurus has committed violence but not as a first choice <laughs> because there are a few times where Taurus has had his back against the wall and something was trying to kill him like, I believe the first time he met the party and they started adventuring, because uh, first time that happened, Tauros himself actually had a lion try to maul him. God. Like, the lion was trying to pin him down, but Tauros was just so strong. It just kept succeeding on his strength saves. Like, for five, for what felt like five rounds straight, this one lion tried to pin him down, and it never did. God. So, yeah, we're lucky we have our beefy boy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Though, we're glad we have each party member, too. Everyone brings something to the table. Mm. Like, um, Jude's magic is really strong. Aslan is great DPS. Takis and Spyro are great support. Ava is a rogue, which means she can sneak very well and get some sneak attack damage in, which is very nice. Absolutely. Clean behavior. Uh, but, uh, so, to so get back on topic of uh, why you are on this podcast um so is there any current animation projects that you're working on hmm let's see a lot of animation projects that um i've been wanting to work on i've had to like be like putting on on hold because i'm in like my final year of university right now um however um there's this like future comic series that i'm like planning um to have like made and like released in like around about like two issues and um character designs that i've made for it right now i've been like working with voice actors and other people to like make like mini animations of my characters um you know just chilling and like dialogue moments and stuff like that um i also like i just like animating illustrations or just like little like uh skits and stuff like that um, I wouldn't say I have anything that I'm working on currently because of university, but I do have like quite a lot that I will do, like I will be working on when like I'm finally on like some form of break. Uh, 
I'm like thinking, I, would it be a relevance? Let's see. I made like an animation for when I turned 20. Um, it was like a little comedic thing where it was essentially just like me freaking out about being 20 and therefore like ancient and like, you know, ready for my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have friends who are like 20 to like 26 and I, I, I constantly bring up like that kind of joke around them and they hate me for it. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so um if you don't mind me asking uh what are you in university for <laughs> uh, something completely unrelated i do biology <laughs> hey biology is cool hmm. i remember when i did uh biology in uh high school uh i, I was whenever we anytime we did do biology that is uh, i was uh decent at it, it wasn't the world's best mind you <laughs> mm-hmm. But hey, that's cool that you, and who knows, maybe you could mix biology with animation. Maybe. There's a lot of things within the biology field that require that kind of like more artistic feel to it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, what would you say is your favorite animation that you've done? Um, Let's see. There was this one animation that I did. Um, I never published it, but I did it on my phone back, I think around about like a year or two ago, where I tried like animating like a little like dynamic scene between two characters. Um, <laughs> it was just like, someone being launched back by a punch like that's it like that's all it was but there was like a lot of things that like went into it in terms of like um making sure the screen felt like it was moving or like making sure like uh the small fight in there like had like impact in there as well and as simple as like being launched back is in concept like a lot of things go into it and I was just really happy and really proud of like what I did when I like did that on my phone um, I'd say another one that I really liked was a one um, between my OCs that I have, um, which was just like my characters just like talking and stuff like that. But it was like one of my first times like working with voice actors and like um, learning how to like lip sync using like Clip Studio on my laptop. I'd say those are my favorites. I haven't done as much as I used to. Again, that's just mainly things that I'm waiting for as soon as I get out of university. Ah, so what would you say is your favorite thing about animation? Hmm. There's a lot of things to like about animation. Um, and I really like the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to it, because there's like, how cool you can make dynamic scenes look in terms of like fight scenes and how people can like move so fluidly or they can like animate such like fluid dynamic movement with like smear frames and like other like framing techniques and stuff like that but then there's also like the really nice parts of animation with like subtle movement and like 
I really like expressions, for example, when it comes to animating and just like drawing in general. And I really love like seeing artists be able to like show like a subtle but really noticeable difference in animation, uh, animation in expression, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's like one of the expressions where it's like a really soft look with like the upturned eyebrows and like a slight smile and like the squinting of the eyes and um, <laughs> take any character, do do that to them and then like they have my heart. <laughs> uh, so with me asking what's your favorite thing about animation that also brings up the question what is your least favorite thing about animation <laughs> it's it all of my friends know that i absolutely despise lining when it comes to animating um <laughs> like listen sketches rough you get like the rough dynamic posing in there you get the key framing where like um, you can get like the poses established and stuff like that. But like the lining process is you have to like keep everything clean and recognizable whilst also like being consistent with your lining and going back and forth every time to make things like precise and like consistent. It's like consistency in the tedious aspect, which I like, I hate, which is because it's just like so. I don't know, I kind of find it boring to line, which is ironic because animation in general is meant to be like a tedious process. Lining just takes it to a different level. Yeah, it definitely uh, sounds like it. So if I don't sound like confident in what I'm saying, I don't draw. Uh, <laughs> don't, I, I don't worry do about animation. That. Because from a young age, I realized, oh, wait, I can't draw. Uh, So I spent all my time writing instead. So that's how I like to say that writing is just painting a picture with words. Mm. I definitely agree with that because like there's a lot of things you can get out with writing. If like drawing isn't something that like you can preferably used within like that creative medium right i find writing to be cool like a lot of really cool things come from like writing in general yeah i have to uh have to agree um is is there like any end goal you have with your animation Uh, animating my end goal like what would you say would be the biggest thing you want to work on um oh god this is like going back to like the project that I have in like a few years where I want to release like a web comic or like a comic in general of like my characters and um I wanted to like plan like animated parts of the comic um as like promotional part but like not like the animated comic panels but just like an animation in general, my end project that I think would be a really great like goal to have would be to like make a promotional like animated trailer. I just think like that'll be like so cool. I I, I just really want to do that. Yeah, that really does honestly sound cool. Like doing a trailer for like some other like web project. Mm. 
especially considering how like big it would be in order to like organize all that because like you'd have to like go through like the music you'd want for it the voice actors for the trailer like even like setting up the trailer in terms of having like good moments in there to make it like a memorable thing and stuff like that um it's like a lot of work just like thinking about it but honestly if I ever get that done I'll I'll just be just very happy with myself all right um is there anything you would like to say to the listeners um let's see like I'm thinking about what you said in terms of like how you said you can't draw but like a thing I really like to go by when it comes to like anyone who's like starting out drawing is that nobody is bad at drawing they just know what they don't want and the more you draw and the more you figure out what you don't want so essentially the more like they see as failing I see it as oh you just know another thing that you don't want um you slowly but surely get into seeing things that you want and you get to seeing like your progress and like stuff like that so like as long as people like keep out what they're doing and finding out things that they're not into when it comes to drawing they'll slowly but surely like get into territory of what they do want and so like improvement with that kind of stuff is like inevitable um I don't know. Yeah, that's like, I have a really strong stance when it comes to people like getting into art. Hey, you know, that, that's great. And uh, ha- have you seen the movie Ratatouille? Mm-hmm. I feel like you just basically did your version of anyone can cook. <laughs> Listen, it was a good message. It is a good message that, that Ratatouille had. But I'm, but with you saying like, oh, with practice and practice, I'm just like, this reminds me of anyone can cook. <laughs> Like, listen, if it works, it works, dude. Yeah, hey, any point in a storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So um, thank you for being a uh, guest, uh, DPC. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you about, like, <laughs> Pokemon and your D&D podcast. It's really nice listening about it. Yeah. And it, it was also nice talking about Gravity Falls for that long amount of time. <laughs> Listen, I had fun. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm glad you had fun. All right. This has been Will with the Geekening Podcast. Wishing you a good day, good night, or maybe even a good evening. Good night, all. <laughs> hey, what's up, geeks? It is Matt coming to you once again to let you know that without your support on Patreon and in the comments, we really can't do anything. We are an entirely community supported operation. And, uh, well, you're our community. So, you stay weird. You say wonderful. We'll catch you next time.